My name is Nikita Banks and I am your host of the Black Therapist Podcast. The Black Therapist Podcast is a podcast where we discuss the unique issues people of color face when dealing with mental health issues and mental health diagnosis. If you are a therapist and you want to appear on the show, make sure that you email us at blacktherapistpodcast at gmail.com. You can sign up for our mailing list at blacktherapistpodcast.com. And you can shoot me uh, show suggestions, feedback, people to interview, whatever, whatever. Uh, We take all kinds of requests, all kinds of um, emails, and we would love to hear from you. And our podcast is found on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, YouTube, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. Okay, so let's get started. Let's get started. Let's get started. It's season three. Um, first of all, I want to thank everybody who's been riding with us all this time. I have no idea how it is that we have lasted three seasons. If you've been listening to the podcast, you know that this is the place where I usually discuss my work as a therapist, but the podcast started out as just a platform for me to talk about my mental health issues aloud. You know, as black people, there is a stigma Uh, surrounding getting mental health support. There was a stigma for me when I decided that I wanted to go to get a therapist and possibly take medications. Thank God I didn't need them. Um, I'm actually considering taking meds again, but we'll talk about that later. And um, yeah, going to get the help that that I needed. And I realized that we are human beings made up of soul, body, mind, and, you know, We have to satisfy all of those areas in order to be whole. Holistic treatment means treating the whole person. And so I had to be able to feed into my mind, spirit, and emotional stuff. And therapy was the way that I was able to do that. Um, I also practice other healing as well. I'm a Christian, so I pray and I, I meditate, do yoga and those things, physical activities. But my mind stuff was what really needed some tending to because it was something that I never was taught to care for. Um, I had a patient this week who is a young woman and she's been dealing with a lot of mental health issues and mental health stressors. And she told me that she had a hard time regulating her emotions. She's angry. And here are some of the stories that she she told me about and some of the traumas that she's gone through in the past. It was like, duh, of course you're angry. Of course you would have a hard time um, dealing with people if you didn't know if you were going to be safe or not with them. And you may pop off at any any, at the drop of a hat and in any moment, if you don't know if your safety is at risk at any time. And, you know, the fight or flight response is usually a positive thing for us. But sometimes, like myself, you you, may, you, you catch me on the right day, I might snap. You know what I'm saying? I think I told this story on the podcast previously. You might want to go back and listen. But... Oh, if I told this story, the last time that I got so overcome with anger, I scared, I scared myself and it sent me back to therapy. I'm going to tell the story briefly because I told it previously, but, um, I was in Brooklyn sick. Somebody stole my purse out of my car 
and I had like borderline flu and I had been in the house for like a week and I was like I just need to get out and get some air I felt thought, thought that I would feel better if I got some air and the person snatched my purse not off my person he, he actually stole it out of my car and I caught him and I saw him I chased him down I ran past like four police officers I ran past like a whole um what is it like a police unit that was out there like cops literally saw me running this man down but I was I had tunnel vision I was on the phone I called my best friend and I was like all he heard was like the rustling of us like running and me cursing but I was on him like Flojo and I was sick I was like I had it took everything in me to go outside that day but I was like I have to go outside maybe if I'll shop I'll feel better maybe if I get some air I'll feel better but when he snatched my purse buddy and I probably had like $20 inside of it but it was mine and I was just sick and tired of people taking stuff from me and I I was on him I caught him in a train station and if you ever see me in real life I am like you know a hundred pounds soaking wet used to be I, I used to be a hundred pounds soaking wet. I'm a little bit bigger than that now, but I'm still small. Um, an inch high private eye. So if you would have seen me, you would never believe that I was on this grown man's behind. But I caught him down, caught him in a train station and I, I wailed on him. He, I, I was beating on him so bad that he was calling me crazy. He was like, you're, you're crazy. You're crazy. <laughs> you're crazy. Um, and I was like, nah, but I'm tired of people taking from me. So as I was walking back from that incident, what I realized was, is that he had dropped a knife. Um, and my man bought this purse. I loved the purse. It wasn't, it wasn't like super fancy. It was expensive, but it wasn't like a big deal if I'd have lost it. I had $20 in my, my purse cash. I still remember this to this day. And I just didn't want to, I didn't really want to go down to the DMV to get a new ID. Like, that's what I'm thinking. Like, oh my God, you can't steal my license. Stupid. But when I saw the knife that he dropped, I started to cry. And I was like, mama, you got, and I was in therapy and training to be a therapist at the time. But it's something, I'm a human being. Like when somebody, they, they pick at that, they, they pick at that scab, you're going to snap. So, I don't know, I got off topic, but um, I kind of like telling that story because it reminds me of who I used to be and it reminds me of how I am so calm now. Like, when I think about being angered, today I cannot imagine anything that you can do to get me to anger. And please don't try me in the street if you hear me and you hear, <laughs> you hear this. I don't know what can happen today if I get angry and I don't want to, you know, I'm like the credible hawk. You wouldn't like me when I'm angry. Let's just not try it. But I don't even know what, what, what that would look like today. And I've done a lot of work to have that happen. And my therapist is from Brooklyn and he's from the projects, Jewish guy. But, you know, when I went to him after that, cause it really scared me that I actually could have been killed. Like the man could have pulled out the knife and stabbed me. Um, and just thinking about that, it made me go back to therapy. And when I went to therapy, my therapist, he was like, and like he snatched, Nikki snatched her purse. <laughs> like, and I was like, no, but I could have died anyway. 
some of us, you know, your therapist is who they are. We, we, we come from our communities. We are, we are a totality of all of our experiences. So I got what he was saying, but he was like, I don't see the problem. Somebody killed, snatched something from you. They robbed you and you got it back. Like, what's the issue? But yeah, I had to kind of like learn to navigate my emotions. So part of me starting this podcast, uh, I think over three years ago, three years ago, about three years ago, two years ago, whatever, um, was to be able to kind of like talk about the struggles that I have. Even today as a therapist and a practicing therapist, I am in private practice in my hometown of Brooklyn, New York. My office is in Bed-Stuy. If you want an appointment with me, Please bring cash or your insurance, but you can uh, contact me at NikitaBanks.com or inbanks at Nikita, N-I-K-I-T-A, like the TV show, banks.com. And uh, you can shoot me an email and just let me know, hey, what up with those appointments? And I also do online coaching. And what I want to talk about today is my book. Okay, so I wrote a book. I'm so excited. It is called Finding Happy, Seven Steps to Relationships That Will Not Steal Your Joy. Uh, Shout out to you who are watching me on YouTube. This is the first time that I'm actually going to videotape myself recording the show. I don't know that I really want to do this in the future. I personally like recording my podcast in my undies and like without my hair done and shout out to you if y'all seeing me and my edges not smooth down because I didn't feel like it and um watching on YouTube because all you will mostly see is forehead and four eyes because I have my big old glasses on my son says I look like a nerd but whatevs um and so yes and about the book I wrote a book it's called finding happy seven steps to relationships that will not steal your joy it is up for pre-sale on Amazon. And I haven't really been promoting it yet because there's a whole book launch thing that's going to be happening where we're going to be um, doing a whole big campaign. This is my first book that I've written. That's a lie. It's not the truth. I don't, I don't want to say it's a lie. It's really not true. This is my first book that will be released. It is probably... The second book that I started, for me, this is a dream come true. First of all, for me to even get to the point with all of the self-doubt and self-sabotage that I usually have to have released my own book is amazing. I paid for it all. I, you know, wrote it by myself. I, I got my editors. I designed it. I pretty much did almost everything on this book down to... You know, I took my own photo, to be honest with you. And the reason is, is because the original photo that I wanted to use for the book, I took on vacation. And I love this picture. Everybody loved it. It was supposed to be the book cover. And then I started to, like, research books of my genre. And then I realized, I don't know. So, okay. I was recording on my cell phone. And now it's full. So hold on one second. I'll come right back. All right, we are back. After I was so rudely interrupted by this phone telling me that uh, the storage was awful after I had deleted a few things. Anyway, 
Um, so yes, I wrote my first book and usually I make up every excuse in the book to not, um, do stuff. I don't know. I mean, I'm pretty sure I'm like other people or, you know, I'm not the only person who self self sabotages, but, um, I didn't let anything stop me this time with this project. Uh, I know that it's a good book. It's a good read. I actually sent it out to a few of my friends to have them uh, read it and, and give me some feedback. And of course, my narcissistic best friend told me that he liked the book because it sounded like some things that he would say. <laughs> so um, I think for me, that was that was pretty high praise trying to make sure that I'm recording. That was pretty high praise uh, to get from some of the feedback that I asked for for the book. Also, also, um, in the very early stages of writing the book, I had given a girlfriend of mine a book. Shout out to Raven Howard. And uh, I was really touched when she called me back or I called her or she called me back or whatever when when we spoke about the book next and she started to tear up and she said that she realized that she wasn't giving herself the proper care attention and um respect almost that she she deserved to be pouring into her own life so I'm gonna go a little bit over the chapters I think I was saying before I was rudely interrupted that this was not my first book. My first book will be coming out next, but this is the the book that I felt, um, I don't know, this is a story that I felt like it needed to be told right now. And this book is a companion. So it started out as, it started out as a workbook for the course. I did a live course a few years ago for um, some people to teach them how to better manage problematic relationships. So as as a lot of my clients, as some of you, as myself, as Braxton Family Values teaches us, uh, relationships with our families, with our siblings, with our partners, even at work can be challenging. And when you have a challenging relationship, you need to learn how to navigate that in a way that will protect your peace and put you in a position of power. A lot of the times we are waiting for other people to make decisions on our relationships. You're waiting for your man to pick you. You're waiting for him to choose you to be married. You're waiting to find the right partner. You're waiting for your mother to realize that she needs to apologize for some things that happened in childhood. And so this book, uh, it allows you to look at relationships from an empowerment perspective rather than teaching you strategies or tips um, that you can use to maybe manipulate the other person. I've read other books like Think Like a Man, Act Like a Woman, or um, Why Men Love Bitches is another, you know, kind of relationship dating book. That I've read. I like Patty Stanger's book. I'm not going to lie. The Millionaire Matchmakers. Because I kind of felt like some of her book. Shout out to Chrisette Michelle. Because I interviewed Chrisette Michelle a few years ago. And she mentioned Patty's book. But I liked her book. Because it 
taught you strategies and tips, but it, it was it was a very empowering book. And I feel like my book does that. So it teaches you how to look at relationships from an eye perspective. And it teaches you how to navigate them in a way that will not steal your joy. Hence the title, Finding Happy, Seven Steps to Relationships That Will Not Steal Your Joy. So um, let's just get into it. Oh, the, the book is a companion to the course. The course is up on NikitaBanks.com. It launches around the time of the book. So if you are on my mailing list, uh, if you if you go to blacktherapistpodcast at gmail.com or if you hit us up or if you go on my Instagram page, you can go and get our free mental health course. If you get our free mental health course, that will add you to our mailing list. Or if you text 66, wait, 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 I'm screwing up. I'm just so excited. If you text get happy to 66866, that will add you to our mailing list. You will immediately get access to our free mental health course, um, which will be the platform where the paid course that will be the companion course to finding happy will be there. Also, there is a free course that you will gain access to as well, which is four steps or four things you need to stop doing right now to improve your relationships. And that's based on some of the things that I see clients do or say or complain about which they need to stop doing in order to be in an empowerment position in their relationships. And it also is part of why we're doing Finding Happy. So I feel like I'm rambling, y'all. It's the first, it's, it's, it's the first show. Clearly, I got a lot to say. When I sat down, I didn't think I had anything to say, but clearly I got a lot to say. So anyhow, um, in the course, you will gain the tools and skills, improve the quality of your life by improving your loving relationships, identify unhealthy relationship patterns, build enforceable boundaries with loved ones, identify relationships that no longer serve you, build bonds that promote your inner peace, define the content and quality of your relationships. Make deeper and more meaningful connections you have always desired. And I keep checking to see if I'm recording. I don't know. It's something going on with me tonight. And yeah, so the chapters in the book. I'm just going to go over them right quick. Putting Yourself First, where we talk about self-love and self-care and how to uh, examine the concepts of how you learn to care for yourselves. If you are anything like me, my mother basically taught me not to care for myself. I was basically taught that self-sacrifice and pain was, was my lot in life. Um, as a black woman, a lot of us think that we have to suffer through things in order to get to the promised land. I and I think from a historical perspective, a lot of it has to do with slavery. A lot of it has to do with, you know, this idea as Christians, we are supposed to just suffer through our life on earth so that we can get the riches in heaven. But I want my riches on earth and my riches in heaven. So uh, it, it talks about how you to develop self-care routines and practices, because if you love yourself first, then you that sets the tone for how you proceed in your, your loving relationships. And it is the basis for what you will and will not do in relationships and what you will and will not um, put up with in relationships because we teach people how to treat us. 
And so that's the first chapter. I mean, there are other things before that, but the, the, we, we're just going to cut to the nitty gritty. Uh, love is a verb. Practicing a self-care is the second chapter. It's really like a mini chapter. It's really like chapter one and one A, but I'm not going to. Who cares? Um, <laughs> love lessons. Who taught you how to love? So in that, we look at your love models and the people who are your love ideals. I know for me, my love ideals are my parents. So uh, the men that I date are usually a combination of my father and my mother, which is weird because the both of them are the same sign. And so, yeah. On the extremes, it has gone really, really bad. But in the middle, I mean, I think I found a balance right now. I think I, think I like a mommy and daddy that I have right now. Um, if you catch my drift. So yeah, most of us have love ideals that we, we, um, base our relationships on. And part of that concept is based on the psychological theory of attachment theory. And what attachment theory is, is a series of patterns that psychologists have studied. I want to say it was Sigmund Freud's daughter, Anna. Who don't make me lie. Let me see who made attachment theory. I'm Googling, guys. Um, yeah, but attachment theory, it has like three concepts of three types of attachments. And we, we developed that using the model of our parents. Um, I don't know who it was. I, I feel like it was Anna Freud because I know Anna Freud, which is Sigmund Freud's daughter. Oh, it was Bowlby. It was Bowlby. I've been out of school for a while. Anyway, I know that um, Sigmund Freud's daughter did some things with children. It don't matter. I passed my test. So I remember only some, <laughs> I remember only some of this stuff. Ah, But anyway, so that is what that chapter is about. I'm getting really nervous to talk about my stuff. <sighs> Choosing the contents of your relationships. Well, that basically tells you that you get to choose what you engage in. And so it's it looks at relationships from an empowerment perspective of deciding what you will and won't put up with, but in a different way from boundaries. So, yeah, choose your roles. You choose your role talks about your roles in your relationships. So I realize in my relationship currently, I'm like the weakest link. He, he is much more of a provider. And I kind of had this epiphany today. He does a lot of the things that I used to do in a lot of other relationships, whereas he doesn't really let me do much, um, which I like. Like, it's the, this is the first time I've ever been in a relationship where I've been able to be taken care of. And I trust him completely to treat me well. And so I know my role in the relationship is is a selfish one. I'm not proud to say, but I'm working on it. He doesn't really let me do much. So I like it like this. But I think at some point he might get tired of me. Um, but hey, you know, whatever. 
But choose your role. It's a lot about family roles. I talk about my own family dynamics, the roles that I play in my family, and learning that you can choose another role. So each of us are assigned roles in our family, friend circles, and even at work, right? So um, I am a daddy's girl. It's one of the roles that I was assigned. It's not something that I prescribe, subscribe to or believe in, but that's how I'm seen. I was seen as my father's favorite. And so... It's really up to you to decide if the role that you are assigned in life is one that you want to engage in or if it's one you want to change or if it serves you and if you change it, who it serves. Vetting. Vetting is kind of the most important chapter in the book. Vetting. Well, no, it's not. Every chapter is the most important, it feels like. But vetting is really important because a lot of us don't know who to keep in our lives and who to let go of. And so that chapter talks a lot about The art of discernment is seeing things as they are without judgment. So being able to look at people and accept them for who they are and just decide whether or not it's something that we want to engage in or it's something that we want to have in our life. And this is all a workbook. So there are questions that will probe you. You can answer them, hopefully very truthfully, honestly, and get through them. And if you take our mental health course, this will help you for the basis of the course, because in the course, you actually get to do group chats. You get to do um, one-on-one coaching sessions with me and uh, you get to answer some of these questions. So if you actually got the book first and you filled it all out and then you took the courses and you watched the videos, you did the assignments, you do the homework, Uh, you'll be able to move at a slower pace, but you'll have everything there so that when you meet with me virtually, but you meet with me for our one-on-one or you meet with me in class, you'll be able to do the work and you'll have your questions answered. The book is an easy read. I'm not even finished through the chapters. There are like two more chapters. But the book is a very easy read. I've ran through it in a day, day and a half. Sometimes when I'm doing my edits, But the questions, the questions are very probing and it's like some of the questions that I would ask for, ask my clients. I mean, literally today in a session, I had a client who is struggling with her sister and a little bit of sibling rivalry and it's her wedding and she's hoping that her sister doesn't, you know, doesn't take away her shine. And so I was like, I really, truly want to send you my book for free because I think if you did the chapter on roles that will help you kind of like navigate what you're looking for from the relationship of your sister and you can, we can tackle that in therapy next week so that we can kind of figure out a way that you can have the conversation that you need to have with her because today you don't even really know what you want. Um, And as I've said in my old show, please go back and listen to season one and season two. But in my old show about therapeutic coaching and the difference between coaching and a therapeutic alliance, even though I know what she wants to say to her sister, and even though I can identify what the problem is immediately, it's not up for me to say to her, this is what you need to say to your sister. It's up for her to to go through the process of self-discovery along with me so that she can have that conversation with her sister. So that's why I think the book is so valuable because it's literally a workbook and the questions in it are, they're really good. 
it, it is kind of like working with me one-on-one, but there are questions about trauma. There's questions about abuse. There's trust questions about, you know, family relationships. There's questions about forgiveness. There's questions about so many different things that we have to heal that they may bring up some things that you don't expect or that may be difficult for you. So even if you decide not to take my course, even if you decide not to work with me, this may be a great book to work through before you go to therapy. And I'm going to talk about that again in a moment. Um, The next chapter is boundaries, the most important foundation of healthy love. A lot of what I see in my practice is just families who don't have boundaries. Not being able to tell the truth. My family is also one that we don't really like to live in reality. I saw my brother tonight for uh, uh, the first time in a while. Probably like a few years. He lives out of state. He came to visit me today. And, you know, what I love about having conversations with him and this is a new thing, really. But what I love about having conversations with him is like he's he very serious about, you know, me being able to tell him the truth and him wanting to live in reality. And when when he says that, he's like, yo, I don't want to I don't want us to, to be able to, like, lie to each other. Like, I really want you to be able to tell me the truth. Like, I really want to live in reality. So if you see something, say something. Now, I know that that's a good ad on the bus, but, you know, in certain hoods, snitches get stitches, right? And what happens in this house stays in this house. So we are taught to keep secrets. And so that helps you blur the lines between boundaries and not being able to, like, be, be truthful. And boundaries allows me to say in my relationships that I have to operate from a space of truth the majority of the time. Cause girl, I mean, I can't lie. We all lie, but, um, and I'm really good at it, but I really, truly, really, 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 really hate to lie. And so if I see something in all my relationships, I want to be able to tell the truth with what I see, but I also have to do so in a way that's respectful. I also have to do so in a way that will not harm people. And I also learn to, to do that in a way that doesn't rob another person of the experience of learning on their own. Because sometimes we'll tell the truth and the absolute truth, and we will rob the other person of the experience of, you know, learning on the job, you know, on the job training. So there's that. But boundaries is a lot more than that. I'm just kind of rambling and going through the book because like I said, I'm kind of nervous. The last chapter is letting go of what no longer serves you. So we all realize that it's very difficult to change anybody else. It is extremely hard to change ourselves. And so, you know, I can't write a relationship book, a general relationship book without talking about leaving things that no longer serves you. So in the book, I tell anecdotes and stories. I give examples from my own life, some examples from my clinical practice and some of the things that I've seen. I talk about financial abuse in the, the book. I talk about emotional abuse. I talk about setting boundaries with my own family and um, not answering the phone and blocking one of my parents from myself, <laughs> my cell phone when I, 
I needed to as part of my self-care. I talk about, you know, my own self-care routine and being able to let go of what no longer serves me. So I hope if you buy the book that you like the book. I hope that if you buy the book and you like the book that you leave me positive feedback on uh, the Amazon page because it's, it's, it's available on Amazon right now. If you are in the New York City area and you would love to come to our book launch because there will be an event and the event will be a live mini workshop, please contact us on our Instagram. You can DM me. DM me. Don't DM me. I'm lying. I'm lying. Don't DM me because my DMs are like off the chain right now because we have a lot of followers. Um, I think my platforms now have about 20 almost 25,000 followers on Instagram. Shout out to me um, and, and my people that help me with the Instagram because I don't do that myself anymore. And to date, the listeners that we have on this site are amazing. Uh, if you want to advertise on either my Instagram page, if you are a mental health professional or an activist, please send us an email and let me know that you want to advertise. If you want to advertise on the show, please contact us. But we have a lot going on this year. I, it took a lot out of me to, to learn everything that I needed to learn to self-publish this book. And it took a lot out of me to send the book to my friends for them to read I think that when we know people intimately and we see them making changes in their lives in a positive way, it becomes scary. It was very scary for me. I almost had a panic attack the night that I had to send out the email to my friends and family just to ask them to read it. I know that the fact is that my friends and my family may or may not support me in this journey. I know that I am ready to find another room. If the room that I walk into doesn't celebrate my efforts, I know that I am going to have to work my ass off to make this a success. But this is this is where I feel like I need to go in my business. This is where I need to go in my journey. And this is the blessings that I need to bestow on everyone else. I've been holding this book for years. Not in this format, I've, I've made tweaks and I've changed it. But the workshop was amazing when I did it the first time. But now I know a little bit more about marketing. I know a lot about self-publishing. I know a lot about business and building my, my own practice and doing the things that I've done. I've actually just put one foot in front of the other. Um, Hopefully, I'm going to tell you guys a story about failure and how I failed up recently because I well I'll just say it tell you now I did a webinar and a lot of people didn't come to the webinar and then I realized that I didn't want to do the webinar like that I didn't want to do a live webinar most I don't even watch live tv anymore so why would anybody want to come to see a webinar at 7 p.m on you know on a Sunday like no you know so I, I decided that I wanted to do things another way and I was inspired to learn from my mistakes and learn from my my perceived failure and I ended up doing the course that is now in our course. I, I pre-recorded a course, which is 
four things to stop doing now to improve your relationships. And I think it's pretty damn good. Everything that I do is based off of the women that I serve. I am a clinician that services the majority of women of color in my community, in my hometown of Bedstar, Brooklyn. I service anybody who comes to me. I have some clients who are not of color, but they love me. I love them. And um, I give everybody premium care and attention that I think that they deserve. But I know that it's harder for us to get the care that we need. I'm not going to get emotional. It is... This is a journey for me. I, I'm I'm nervous. I'm scared. I'm I'm you know, that little devil in me is telling me that nobody's gonna buy the book, nobody is going to buy the course, nobody wants what I'm doing, but I'm I don't wanna watch paint dry. Whether one person registers or one person buys the book or 101 people buy the book or 100 million and one buy the book it's good the course is good i've i've put my love sweat and tears into this my 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 own pain and struggles and the struggles of the women that i serve and it's not just for a woman's book my friend read it and she actually said that she wanted to buy it and give it come clean him i'm like digging in my ear if you could watch the video <laughs> um, my friend said she wanted to give it to her husband, which was amazing. So I'm looking forward to getting the feedback back from my friends and family, but I'm not letting anything stop me. I'm not letting my dog starting to bark right now. Stop, stop me. I'm not letting anything stop me from getting uh, to where I need to get at, at this point in my life. Because if you have a dream, if you have a desire, if you have a, a hope, if you have a goal, if you have a wish, before anyone shows up to celebrate it, they're going to denigrate it. They're going to talk about it. They're going to tell you why it won't work. They're going to give you any reason and fear that they have that, that exists in their own life to talk you out of your dreams. You have to be the purveyor. You have to be the one to say, you know what? I'm going to do this in spite of. Even if I fail, my goal is to learn something. Even if I fail, Lord, I need to know how to do it better next time. That was my only prayer. That even if I don't get it now, I'm going to get it later. When I did that webinar and like literally almost nobody showed up and I was, I was at the point on the webinar where I was like, I'm so nervous. The, 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 the girl, one of the girls that was on the webinar, she was like, you're doing fine. Just that kind word. It allowed me to refocus and, and, and re, re, reframe my, my thinking that whoever needs to hear my message is going to show up. Even if it was just those few people, they needed me that night at that time to say what I said to them. That was who was going to show up. You can't choose your audience sometimes. And I know that in marketing 101, you have to think of your avatar and you got to look at, you know, see who your ideal client is. If you look at a lot of businesses, you will realize that a lot of businesses failed at their first attempt because they were marketing to the wrong audience. There are a lot of drugs that we take right now for granted 
that were not marketed or not even intended for their original use. But because somebody else found a, 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 a use for it, that's why it's successful. I want to say it was like Plato or Slinky was some, well, another one. I don't know. I don't remember exactly, but do your own damn research. Sometimes we market to the wrong audience. Sometimes we think that we're supposed to serve one, one segment of the population and then another segment shows up. Sometimes we are preaching to the wrong choir. And so do the work. Your responsibility, my responsibility is do the work. And once I do the work, I realize that the people who need to hear my voice, the people who need to hear my message are going to show up. Your responsibility is to do the work, not to pick the audience. Your audience is going to find you. As long as you do the work, you stay the course and you remain visible. My first season of the Black Therapist Podcast, I didn't think anybody was going to listen. I didn't think anybody cared. I didn't think anybody, I, I didn't even think, honestly, I didn't even care. I was just like, I want to tell my story. I want to talk about my own mental health issues. I want people to listen and know that there's somebody else out there who's not only struggling on the the patient side of the couch, but also on the practice side of the couch that I constantly have to do my work. Today in session, I had a, a client and the client and I was talking about something and I was like, my therapist said, and she was like, girl, wait. And I said, yeah, I still, I have a therapist. Like, I don't go to him as much anymore as when I used to. But when I need to unload, when I have to go get mine off, when I have to, I have somebody I need to tell my stuff to, I call my therapist. I gossip with my girlfriends. We talk about TV shows and foolishness and lipstick colors. But I talk, I tell my business to my therapist. Because I pay him to, to keep my secrets. So... I thought that I was just going to do this show and that nobody was going to listen. It was literally going to be me talking about my issues and my problems and my struggles. And then I got an email from someone who told me that I was making a difference with her and her family. If this is you and you are listening, hit me up on, you know, my email. Hit me up. And shout out to the girl who, who left me a comment and said I'm the Cardi B of mental health. I thought that that was super cute. And Cardi and I have the same birthday. And our birthday is the day that the book will be coming out. Because, side note, I gave birth to my son on my birthday, which is October 11th. The book is coming out October 8th because it's a Monday, but whatever. Um, but I gave birth to my son on October 11th. So I wanted to give birth to my future and my dreams on the same day. And so rather than the book coming out in September, even though it's done... I had to do pre-launch pre-launch things and different things for it. I was like, I really want to just drop it on uh, my birthday. So it's not Libra season yet, but it's almost Libra season. So it's going to be Libra season all month. And my outfit for the event party is bomb.com. Um, yeah, so that's pretty much it i didn't think anybody was gonna look look or listen until i did the 
show and I got the email. And then once I saw the email, I was like, people are listening. I have to take this a little bit more seriously. So season two, I took it a little bit more seriously. And our numbers are great. Thank you guys for listening and, and supporting. And now it's season three. So this season will be a blast. I look forward to having a lot more mental health professionals on if you are a black mental health professional, if you are an activist, if you know somebody who would be great for the show, please feel free to drop us a line on our inbox at blacktherapistpodcast at gmail.com. If you have show suggestions, general feedback, you can drop us a line also at blacktherapistpodcast.com. Or you can uh, text get happy to 66866 to sign up to our mailing list. I sent out a weekly email where I talk about the show. You can get the show directly. Well, I haven't because the show was on hiatus. But now you will get two weekly emails. One will be uh, a link with the show. Maybe two, maybe one. I don't know because I do a lot. And between me... Yeah, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna overwhelm myself. You'll get at least one email. Let's let's shoot for one, cause I want to be consistent. And I've been consistent with one email so far. But you will get the email that will have some. Hopefully, I'm hoping to add some self care tips, with some suggestions, maybe some book excerpts, maybe some free content, some exclusive stuff. So if you text get happy to six six eight six six immediately, you will get access to our free mental health course. It's, it's, it's good content, but I was learning how to learn, like navigate the platform. The premium course is way better than that. But, you know, since that one is free, you get what you pay for. But the content of it is great. Uh, But you'll get our free mental health course. You will also get access to uh, and added to our newsletter and our email list. And, um... That's it. I want to thank you guys for rocking with us for this new upcoming season of Black Therapist Podcast. I look forward to being a resource to you to provide you with tips, strategies, and information on both mental health issues and mental health diagnosis. I look forward to having as many black therapists come on the platform to let you guys know that there are clinicians of color out there that do want to serve you and serve the community. And we are doing the good work. Culturally competent care is such a necessity. I heard a horror story this week, which I may talk about next week from one of my clients when she talked about a therapist who was of a different um, ethnicity who sexually assaulted her and it it colored the way that she saw it colored the way that she saw therapy and so when I sat down with her as a woman of color and I I told her that I was there to support her and that I could help her deal with her issues and her problems it, it literally looked like a weight had been lifted off of her. And I'm actually going to see this client tomorrow, which is why I got to take my behind the bed. But I, I appreciate you guys rocking with us for the past two, three years. I don't remember what year I started this. I think 2015. But the past three seasons or two seasons. And I look forward to what we plan on doing for season three. I want to be more consistent. I want to have more guests. 
the technology has to work with me. I'm going to try to do as many YouTube shows as I possibly can that actually has my face on it, like this one. Um, but I also like to record in my drawers. Like I said, I don't, I don't, I don't want to comb my hair all the time. So we'll see, but I want to try to get, be more consistent because I know that people want to connect with the face. They want to put a face with the, the voice. And now we're going to hope you do that. You can follow us on all of our social media platforms. They're not all Black Therapist Podcasts, but on our social media platforms, you can also follow me at Miss Nikki, N-I-K-I Banks on Instagram. You can follow the book page at Finding Happy 7, number 7. And you can hit us up on Instagram at Black Therapist Podcast. And we're also on, you know, Twitter, Facebook is whatnot. Okay. Thank you guys for rocking with us for another episode of Black Therapist Podcast, and I want you guys to be well.